Enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror! <laughs> Hello, my little toxic twinsies! Oh, sure. People think movies about conjoined twins are really cool these days, like sisters, basket case, Tonight's movie, Malignant, and even Total Recall, which isn't even a goddamn horror movie. But it's not cool. It's a big pain in the ass. Speaking of which, meet the conjoined twins that live on my butt cheeks. Left cheek Louie hey. and right cheek Ronald. Hi there. Hmm. Look, this is Dr. Palumbo, who lives in my armpit. <coughs> Hello. And this is Belly Button Bill. Yeah, and if you want to meet Taint Peter, well, that's gonna cost you a little extra. Enjoy the movie. Hello and welcome to the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror. I'm Chris Honeywell and I'm one of your hosts. And this month we decided to do uh, something a little different and do a new movie that came out and get a little ahead of the curve. <laughs> and uh, and do a movie that just came out. that um, A new movie that, surprise, surprise, spoiler, we all liked. And by we, I mean the the whole vault gang. And uh, just to uh, introduce everybody, we've got the other Chris, Christopher Tyler. I played a psychic in an episode of a cop show, and they said it's a real thing. And we have them Jack and Eddie boys. First, we've got Luke Jack and Eddie. What did you do to get in here? Forget to separate the recycling? And Jason Jack and Eddie. Oh, Okay. So I'll put out a bolo uh, out uh, for, on Sloth from the Goons. <laughs> <laughs> and not only did we like this movie, but this movie was so well-loved that we have got a guest who's so enthusiastic about this, this movie that he has just had to join us. And we are, of course, talking about the legendary Thomas DJ. Whatever you say, I'm not a tumor. <laughs> And had I not been introducing my line, would have been, "What's the matter, Pollyanna? You get lost on the way to the country club." <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just, I just want to say the film takes place in and around the city of Seattle, 
not separating the recycling, I've heard, is a big deal out there in Seattle, Washington. I'm just putting it out there for anyone. If we have any listeners in the greater Seattle area, you want to write in freakvault at gmail.com. Thank you very what, much. What's what's the movie, though? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We are talking about the sequel to Aquaman, James Wan's Malignant. <laughs> Malignant. <laughs> Aquaman <laughs> 2. They had, they had advertising like that. Well, you know, I mean, on you know, the thing is, is that it is. That, his I mean, that, that's movie. that is that also. Yeah, I mean, it's James Wan's movie that made a billion dollars with a B. So yes, if I'm Warner's, I'm going to advertise it that way too. But yes, we're taking a look at at Malignant, uh, return to horror from for James Wan after uh, you know uh, starting in in horror with you know the Saw films and insidious and the conjuring and uh then kind of transitioning more into mainstream with doing um furious seven the seventh fast and the furious movie which is also really damn good and doing Aquaman, which uh i rather enjoyed quite the hell of and think is fantastic so uh, getting back to horror and uh very it was interesting because i i had saw the poster for this when um a few months ago my family and I had gone out to the theater for the first one quite a while to go see the Jungle Cruise, mm-hmm. uh, which I liked, but uh, I liked it the first time when it was Stephen Summers' The Mummy, just putting that out there. Well. Or Pirates of the Caribbean. Or both combined. I mean, yes. right down to like the, the individual characters. It's straight out of Stephen Summers, but that's not what we're talking about. But I saw the poster for Malignant, and it's, you know, it's a typical sort of uh, scary, you know, 20, you know, 2010s and now into the 2020 scary movie poster. It looks really creepy and freaky and it's got a cool title. And I'm like, what's it about? I have no idea. I guess we'll find out when it comes to HBO Max. And Which here we go. Okay. So the thing is that the, the poster looks referring to um, most of it. I mean, obviously you've, you had to have seen it by now because if you've been anywhere, they've shown it with the knife coming down towards her eye or a point coming down towards her eye. The actual original poster they had used for promotionals um, actually featured a woman, uh, featured a woman's head with her face completely missing. Um, and the, the thing was, uh, that actually was inspired by a Polish film from uh, 1989, but they wanted to kind of like move away from that because they thought it wasn't mainstream enough or would play well necessarily in a the movie theater. Uh, you know, just a head with no face on it uh, kind of thing. So they definitely they went more with this. Um, which still tells you nothing about the film at all. Uh, That's like the opposite and, you know, of that Billy Idol song, though, right? Uh, face. Uh, yeah, eyes without a face. Yeah, now it's the yeah, face uh, without a face. Actually, it t- does tell you something about the film. Namely, it tries to tell you this is just like all the other hold your hand and walk through the haunted house movies he's made. Well, that's what? that's the thing. The, the, the commercials and everything... To, for this made me instantly dismiss it because like I liked I liked his his saw movie the, mm-hmm. the saw the first saw movie and I liked Aquaman and stuff but everything else he did is that that kind of haunted house ghost stuff yeah. that I just I I don't like I'm I'm sorry Chris you said that to me the other day and I just want to say that that irritates the hell out of me because that is that is so reductionist 
You know, yes. <laughs> I'm just just putting that out there. Well, yeah. Like, I'll let you continue yeah, yeah, with your point. I haven't that's seen just, any to any say it's a good, good ghost makes it sound like it's fucking Scooby Doo, and I don't like. <laughs> Ghost not movies Scooby, either. I don't like ghost movies that are not called The Devil's Backbone, but that ticked me off when you said it the other day. <laughs> really? And no, I feel no, the I'm, need I'm, to air it, uh, air it publicly here. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be <laughs> completely in. I'm, I'm, I'm going by my perception of them. No, from, I get it. I, like the, I said, the, I just, you know. Um, I, but, got, like, I got hot takes, you know. I've been watching the, Stephen A. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> I went off on Kyrie Irving in the car today. I don't even know what the hell I was going on about. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't like the the the, the running what was shadow. What doing in your car? Kyrie <laughs> Irving, you don't talk about being a professional, and going out and doing what you need to do if you're not going to go out and play the minutes. It's that simple. Okay, wait, wait. Talk to me about no Kyrie Irving. Yeah. How about them Cowboys? That's right. Stephen A. Smith here. Because he hates the Cowboys. So, Dak yeah. Prescott. Dak Prescott. The juice. <laughs> Sorry. That's a crossover for a very different kind of audience there. Yep. Listen. <laughs> I can talk for you. All right, all right. Sorry about that. Go on. You're saying you don't like Stephen A. The exact shot from the trailer that I'm talking about is the one where uh, the the husband is going down in the living room, and then you see the TV, and you see someone watching the TV, and when he turns back, they're gone. You know, or or lightning flashes, or so, you know, and and then the somebody who is watching the TV is gone, and there's a shot in the movie later on of like a little kid running across the screen behind the person as their head that stuff i that stuff doesn't scare me it just is like so i usually avoid those kind, kind I, when i say ghosts i just mean any movie about ghosts haunted dolls and stuff like that this it never scares me it could i've seen some scary ghost movies but when they're sort of jump scary so i just figured it was it was one of this one of those and until i started hearing people just going berserk about it i had no interest in it whatsoever and then you know once i heard people weren't able to decide whether they understood what happened or whether it was good or bad all of a sudden that like sets off all my all my like hmm maybe this is a movie for me <laughs> i actually have theory as to what this film is but we'll get to that later this certainly was not a ghost story. story. No. no, no, not at all. And thank God it was it was like the, the, the and what I liked about it is, you know, it's I, he's I, I really respect him because like he really did right by people like us. And we're a niche of the horror market, you know, and he's also like really entrenched his horror market really well in in the more in the mainstream you know like saw was a mainstream hit while being really like ghoulish and ruling and well, uh james pissed Wan. Off a lot of people that that's that's the thing now we look back on it saw mm -hmm. pissed off so many mainstream yeah. critics oh like, yeah and that, that's why we have you want to talk about you want to talk about reductionist that's why we have the term torture porn which i despise yeah. Okay. I despise that term because it said all it says to me is that you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Okay. Right. But the the that movie pissed off so many people. And then when 
that was the, the reaction to that and the, the negative connotations that that gave him is why we got Insidious. We got Insidious, which is PG-13, which mm -hmm. I did not even realize, to be honest with you, until very recently, because Juan said that everyone, that people wouldn't work with him because they thought he could only make films that were extremely violent. Mm -hmm. So we set out to make a horror film that wasn't violent, but got by on mood and atmosphere. And so what we have here now in 2021 yeah. is that now we have taken a film that has the violence of Saw with the mood and atmosphere of Insidious. And there yeah. are certain scenes in this where I have notes that say, okay, this really is like both of these ideas combined that we have. I'll, I'll give you a great example. When we first see in the attic, okay, and we see mm -hmm. the woman you know, tied up, like basically crucified on the wall in the mm -hmm. attic, okay? The, the creepy set piece and all that is saw with the spinning uh, fan blade and the very industrial very yes exactly it's very industrial it very much has the visual look of saw but the it's but it's not but then the the other aspects of, of the film like you were saying uh, Chris about the stuff where we see the, the the asshole husband downstairs with the the shadow the light and shadow a lot of that the use of light and shadow is very much insidious. And thematically, this is very much like Insidious with the idea of childhood trauma impacting adulthood, the idea of a parasitic other. That is Insidious. That's not Saw is very much Saw we've talked about is very grounded, right? It's right. it's not something it, it's it's very much survive, get out of the room. It's it, very it feels immediate. more like a serial killer movie than than that or, you know, a, a ser like a serial killer horror. Mm -hmm. than than, yeah. uh, you know, a, so, a fantastical horror. Well, here's the thing. Oh, hang on one sec. Hang on. Saw lives in the world uh, that, again, not as extreme as Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, kind of that world. I mean, let's be very honest with ourselves. Because Saw was able to play to a mainstream audience and people were able to sit through it. There are people who yeah, literally... Like seven. Right. Like I'm saying, but it's, it's grounded in, in that reality. Whereas Insidious, and, and I'm... I don't know how many of you have actually seen Insidious, let alone all four of them, because all four of them tell one fucking story, which people missed, I think, because when you watch all four of them, because I watched one the same day Luke watched one, and then I watched two, three, and four. Well, it's not called four. It's called Last Key. I watched the, the next three. James Bond yes. directed one, then uh, Leland Waite. Um, Lee Waddell. Waddell. He did, this, he, did, he did three, and then the fourth one was somebody else. Right when you watch them, it tells one story that comes together, and you're like, "Holy shit! This is not this. It's 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 bigger than the little story that's in the first one." But one and two are basically, you know, kind of like a movie plus. The idea is that Insidious at PG-13, all those movies are PG-13, but they push what you can put in a PG-13 movie. What you don't have, you don't have gratuitous nudity, you don't have insane amounts of violence and you don't have insane amounts of gore and blood but without all those things there they still provide a movie especially in one and two because those are the ones james wan directed those two have uh, a sense of making of the of it, it can bringing you a sense of dread that he's able to get out of a movie that's not going to be over the top gore and as a parent you feel far more in those movies because if you don't have kids and you know you're not worried about your child being in danger whether it's you know in this realm or the next one whatever it might be like it gives you that anxiety and then you start realizing that like 
my not going to say the sins of the father are paid to the son. It's not even just that he did anything wrong, but he's he's done this, and that guilt and that that's brought in there is so much deeper than what a PG thirteen movie that each made. I mean, each one of those things made insane money. Like when you look at the bot, like the movies cost twenty million to make, they all made like three hundred million, four hundred million in return. Like that's insane return on investment, right? When you start taking those aspects from those movies, put the conjurings aside, because conjurings are R and they have more violence to them, but they're still got that part of it to it. And you take what he could do with Saw, and let's face it, what happened with Saw, as the Saw movies go on, the kills get insane, like the hypodermic needles and the glass and shit, like a fuck, you know, kind of thing. But when you look at what Saw was, the first one, and you look at what Insidious is, that is exactly where you're going to get to Malignant. Because those two aspects bring together what Dario Argento and Lucio Fulci and Mario Bava and all those guys were doing in Italy. They're taking those extremes and able to kind of meld them together. You see what I'm saying? Here's my feeling. Insidious was James Wan's reaction to how people misinterpreted Saw. <laughs> and said, no, no, no. You, horror doesn't have to be gross it could be moody and spooky and and then that became the codified horror that everybody picked up so malignant is his response to all the people who misinterpreted insidious and the conjuring by saying no 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 it doesn't have to be codified you can have fucked up crazy ideas you can it can be insane and that's what I think most of the most of the people who don't like it complain about. It's like, oh, you're not holding our hand through the haunted house. There's no no jump scares. It's we can't handle it. I handled it. I handled it just fine. Yeah, I mean the thing though too is, and and I I was actually um, speaking with this with one of my friends uh, that I work with um, about that, and he had he had said, hey, it was oh the other day I just went through and he had actually gone through and did a run of Italian giallo. Mm -hmm. And I said, and I said, have you seen Malignant? And he said, no. I said, well, you'll appreciate what's going on because he can, you kind of understand what's there. The, the issue is, and I, and, and I don't mean to kind of, you know, blunt this this way, but like um, people are stupid and they want you to tell them exactly what they're supposed to feel and how we're supposed to go through whatever. So anything that doesn't do that, they either react like oh, I, I, it's either it's either they think it's brilliant, but they don't know what they're looking at, or they they don't understand. So it must be this must be garbage. Jason, and people are stupid because they've been trained to be stupid by Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, they Hollywood has basically made it so that we don't have to interpret anything for ourselves. Every every film now is so massaged, and so. Oh hell! They 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 warm you up on with the trailer. They just yeah. give you all the info in the trailer to to you know yeah to make sure that nothing gets. But that's why like I, this isn't I I wouldn't say this movie is is a is like a great example of that. But mm -hmm. you know when you get a movie like say Fury Road or or just any movie that just basically mm -hmm. like respects the intelligence of the audience and just sort of doesn't have to put everything on the nose. This movie, it was more of a case of as soon as I realized, started seeing, 
you know, there's a turn in the movie where it goes from sort of looking like one of his, one of the insidious movies yeah. to going into the batshit mode where it's like very clearly and even early on it's with the color and the music mm-hmm. and, and everything it's, it's <coughs> just dripping with Italy. It's just, it's, and, and as soon as that happened, as soon as I start picking up on like the Argento Fulci yeah. type stuff, it's like, okay, I don't have to worry about anything making sense at this point. Cause eventually it becomes, you know, a fever dream. I want to know what, what's yeah. Well, you know what, and it's funny because there, I'm reminded of a conversation I had with a coworker of mine uh, several several years ago now, and we had gotten to discussing Italian horror, and she was, you know, she was curious about it, and I lent her Suspiria, you know, because she wanted, mm-hmm. she was more interested in, in something supernatural. So I said, well, let's start with Suspiria, right? And she has not a, you know, not a, not what I might call a, a seasoned horror viewer, but certainly someone who was interested. Mm-hmm. Said she couldn't make it through Suspiria because she could not take it seriously. Huh. You know? And I I, yeah. I never quite understood that. But the more I've thought about it, it's like, okay, yeah, it is. If you're used to more mainstream horror, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. outlandish like that, outlandish in just the way that it's shot or, and you know, the way style, that it's the like, story, the style of it. Horror also, movies are stylish, but this is not, and this is more in a weird art film mm-hmm. stylized. Yeah, well, it, but it, but I but I can see, I can see how if you are more used to mainstream movies in general, that that would be off putting, and you might not, you might laugh at it, you might think it was wow, this is just ridiculous, you know. And I'm thinking that's what some of the response, some of the negative response that I'm seeing to *Malignant* is, is that type of thing. If if you're not, if you don't dig that. Then, like you know, it's it's. I don't. I I don't mean to sound like a hipster, but if you don't get it, you don't get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Well, I, mean, I knew I, I, knew I was definitely going to watch it. It's okay not to get it. Yeah, I'm not. You don't I'm need not to get it. Yeah. Appreciate a film and not know why you appreciate it. But once again, our culture right now has so codified things that if you don't, if you don't get it, it is bad. Well, basically, that's why every movie that comes out has a YouTube video that says the ending of so and so explain, even if yeah, it is yeah. the most on the nose ending <laughs> in the world, there's an explained video for it. But in something like something like Malignant, you just absorb it, just absorb it and go for the ride. And you don't have to sit and think about it. And it's not a shut off your brain movie, like just a pure action movie, but you can let your unconscious have but fun it with it have... you know you don't you you you're under no obligation to make any sense of it and go like well wait you know there there was you know there's there's a few se- like scary scenes in there that don't quite make sense within the the oh, who cares you know at, yeah. at, at that point you, it's not you're, you're missing the forest for the trees at that like point. like the people who complain about when Madison gets the phone call from Gabriel. We can see the back of her head in the mirror, and it's not open. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, sure enough, you can. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, that, that just well, killed no, the movie that's... for me. Oh, wait, you don't know that <laughs> yeah. at the time, you know? But, yeah. but the whole thing, though, is, no, no, when you watch, okay, so when we talked about this, I had seen Malignant before I think everyone else had seen it, right? I, I literally watched it the day it came out. 
And the thing was, then they were like, well, we're gonna, we might do this. I'm like, oh, let me watch it again. And now knowing what the twists are to look for them, mm-hmm. that scene isn't him calling her. It's him controlling what she yes. sees. Because yes. that's oh. the whole point. Of, like, I mean, and, and the thing is, as you want, so, and I think this yeah, is yeah, really. Her, her whole reality is broken down. So everything is a mixture of symbolic and presentations but mainstream audiences don't want symbolic they want concrete story this is probably the best way to describe this right and 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 you've all seen these so you understand what i'm saying right and and everyone i mean i am very honest that i do not think suspiria is argento's best piece of work right um to me i much rather watch tenebrae or the stendhal syndrome yes Actually, Tenebrae is my favorite of our Tenebrae. Tenebrae is much more straightforward as a, I don't want to say like a procedural, but it's much more, it's just like, they're like there's nothing supernatural truly happening in Tenebrae compared to Suspiria, let alone Inferno, which is like a fucking acid trip compared to <laughs> Tenebrae. Yeah. It's being serious. And, but the thing is, if you, if you have never kind of watched movies that kind of will start bending psychologically what might be occurring, because let's be honest, and again, I'm, I'm, and I know at least we on the vault have watched the remake of Spirit, which sucks. Um, the, the thing is, there, he's like, well, is, are they really witches? Is it in their, in their head, whatever? And there, they really went for the real witches. Suspiria, mm-hmm. there's parts where you're like, wait. Are they really witches, or is she insane? This could and really be it, a girl going insane, go, going uh-huh. to school and losing her mind, yeah. yeah. And again, it, you don't kind of know exactly what's happening the whole time, but that's what I think makes this... And again, I'm not saying I don't like this, the original Suspiria, it just, to me, that's what kind of makes you like, okay, I'm just not 100% sure. Whereas, I mean, I'll be honest with you, first time I saw Tenebrae, and Luke was there with me, I had fucking yeah. no idea who the killer was to the very end. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, and then you think it's and it all makes sense to whole movie. You're like, how did I miss that? Right? Because, <laughs> how did I miss it? So because you were distracted by John Saxon's hat. Uh. It was all John Saxon. Right? You know, kind of thing. Do it for John Saxon. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Nancy, I don't know. You're fine. You know, kind of. Anyway, <laughs> but the thing is when, is when you look at, hang on, when you look at those kind of giallos, the different kind of giallos, going, and, and, and let's be honest, I, I mean, Again, people might argue that, uh, you know, whoever might make better. Dario Argento has made both ends of the spectrum of Giallo. The more forward Giallo and the more supernatural ones. I mean, you get into... Um, that wasn't what I thought you were going to say. I thought you yeah. were going to say he's made the best and the absolute pieces of garbage that make up the <laughs> genre. He's got the spectrum, too. Yeah. No, well, no, Blade in the Dark, he didn't make that. That's pretty No, boring. he didn't make Blade in the Dark. That was, that was Lamberto Bava. I'm sorry, we're watching Blade in the Dark going, any movie, movie, and then it ends. You're like, fuck, are you kidding? You know, kind of- <laughs> Did you know that my wife made fun of us for watching that? She's like, that movie has a guy, a girl being menaced with a, with an exact, with a clicky exacto knife. That's not menacing. That's like, ow, quit it. Ow, quit, quit, sta- quit, stop uh, it. I don't know. You ever cut yourself, make a model of one of those? Ew. I have. It's, it's, it's like, I'm waiting for the sequel where the guy has like a nail clipper. <laughs> Ooh, I, I did a thousand cuts. Yeah. Let I, me just I put away my in... screenplay for the nail clipper massacre. Then. <laughs> oh, I did. I did myself in the other day with the lid to a the peel off lid to a nacho cheese can 
Oh no! Oh, dude, Nacho Cheese Kid Massacre. That's like at like at school. They're like they they don't have the plastic knives because the kids can't cut anything. But the kid slices their mouth open on the plastic spoon they get. They're like, oh fuck! <laughs> yes. Your mouth. He goes, I was eating my fruit cup and my cut my mouth. And oh, you're like, yep. Late. Kids go to the nurse with like a tissue embedded in their head. They can injure themselves with anything, man. That reminds well, they, me of a, a kid. A, a kid that one of my friends was in one of my friends' class. They they had banned toy guns at their daycare, and so he bit a piece of bread into the shape of a gun and went pew pew. <laughs> I don't get yes, you with cool. South Carolina. In case anyone was curious, yeah. you'll Gluten. only pry, That's pry my <laughs> Wonder Bread from my cold dead body. <laughs> Speaking of cold dead bodies. Uh, this had a really high body count. Oh yeah. Oh expecting. yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like I got, I got sucked into this with the the strong thematic stuff with you know the abusive husband and the three miscarriages, and it's like, mm-hmm. dude, that's that's serious shit, right? So I'm getting sucked in, and they're pulling the you know haunted that this woman is haunted thing for the first you know quarter of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then everything goes off the fucking rails. <laughs> it's just like I, I was not expecting it to be as bloody as it was. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting. I wasn't expecting the score to be as good as it was. I no, was the score was gorgeous. So tasty that synth wave. Oh, so mm-hmm. good. Um, it, and then I wasn't expecting it to. And I know it's early to say this. I wasn't expecting like an iconic weapon and like monster. You know. So it, it, I was really thinking by the end of this, we were going to have the origin of, you know, just like, here's the first thing with this killer. Right. I, I really thought the, I really thought the monster was going to win at the end when I was mm-hmm. sitting there going through it initially. And I figured out the, I know we're spoiling everything. I was like, well, oh, yeah, shit. I was, was going to say maybe from this point on, we should just tell everybody it's spoiler. Yeah, full, I have a spoilers. feeling. Go see this movie. Yeah, yes. go see it if you if you want to fucking bug nuts, crazy, twist your expectations horror movie. But okay, so I was like, so watching at the beginning of the movie, they get the, the flashback, we yada yada yada, and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. I have no idea what the fuck's going on. I was like, okay, it's gonna be a parasitic twin, and they're psychically linked. I got that bit of it. Right. I did not get the holy fuck. The remaining piece of the parasitic twin is still in her fucking brain. Right. <laughs> Like that, I was like, "Whoa!" I had to pause. I had to pause the movie, and go, "What the fuck?" Like, I, you know, I thought yeah, I'd be it's, immune it's to Belial in a box. Just like, yeah, just why? I want to see the for the sequel, *Malignant Case*. <laughs> Belial versus Gabriel. Ooh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, just like, yeah, but I mean, it, it fucking swerved me. Because I thought I had it all figured out. It was like, okay, it is going to be a psychic connection thing. And then they just, when they're doing the cutting back and forth between the sister watching the video with the mom mm-hmm. of what's going on, cutting it back in to the jail cell. I was honestly, like, holy shit. Honestly, I felt a sense of relief when the story went that way. Because then the story becomes free to not follow all the conventions right. of that, like the evil person taking over the good person stuff, metaphor stuff. This just became a literal, like, oh no, he's right there, and he just cracks out of the back of her head. Well, this is right. this is how close I was to, to 
to be, and I was just maybe I watched this movie too early. I was like, I think the killer's played by the same woman that's playing the main character. Right. right. I did not yeah. put two and two together. It reminded me of the 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 uh, what was it? Was it Michael Caine in Dressed to Kill? The guy yes. in drag and dressed to kill. It looked like somebody in it looked like an Italian movie where they dressed up the the protagonist or the antagonist to look like they were the opposite gender that they were. Like either a woman to look like a man or a man to look like there looked like there was some yeah, and it, he, he looks very the hair the hair and just the slightest amount of the body language that just like right. sort and of belies a, a woman. The body language. Then they give you the other swerve of holy fuck, the brothers yes. doing everything backwards. Yeah, right. I was and like, that, what it, the it, fuck? it suddenly makes it suddenly Ron makes a lot not... of sense. Sorry, because that because Carol, I agree with you because that is one of those things. You know, we talked about this way back in Hallowed Antiquity when we did Profondo Rosso, that there are aspects in Profondo Rosso that may or may not be important to the story, but are there to be to make the audience feel uncomfortable. And there are things that are shot in both Profondo Rosso and Suspiria that are shot, air quotes up to the microphone, wrong to make you feel mm -hmm. uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. That was one of them. The way that, that the killer is moving, it's wrong. And you're not 100% sure because you never get a great look at it. Yeah. But you just know it's wrong. And so it's unsettling to look at because you're like, wait a minute, what the fuck? Why is he, why but, is he moving that way? And it, But it's wrong and, and you can tell it's in 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 a purposeful way it's not, right it's, it's not wrong it's not like it's bad cheese, animation cheese. or anything something yeah. just yeah. weird and off is going on and also juan never hides that fact in the previous sequences if you look at the sequences where we can clearly see gabriel moving he's got that same weird insectile movement yeah, yeah. it's so, all there if you think yeah. if you think about it it's um so and I know this is not the same kind of movie, but when Ray Harryhausen purposely did the the legs of the uh, uh, Cyclops to be like, you know, like, like a, a to, he did like a satyr. goat legs, right? Yeah, satyr legs, right? And they, right? just so someone could say, it's a guy, it's, well, it's a guy in a suit walking. He wanted to make sure there's no way in the world you think it's a guy in a suit walking. Mm -hmm. And that's literally why the, why the Cyclops look like that. And the Cyclops is now iconic and got it, whatever, right? When you exactly what you said, we, this, when I rewatch this, when I watch this second time, knowing what to look for, because uh, my dad had said to me when he watched, he goes, "Well, I wonder if the hands are really backwards every time." They are. Yeah, Everything yeah. exactly it's supposed to be, but it's so quick. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. like, it's just like in Deep Red, where they tell you who the killer is two minutes in, but you fucking don't know you've got the killer's name, who it is, because you don't, because you're so distracted by everything else. When you go back, you're like, "Holy shit, there it is!" Right? The whole time you can see. The person is moving completely, like it's in, in backwards. And mm. once you see the jail cell when Gabriel comes out, and you get a real good shot of—I mean, mm. she is people on that. I mean, Zoe Bell gets the fuck. You know, she, she throws everyone she can to this to Gabriel yeah. and save her. Yeah. Right, right, kind of thing. And just throw it out there: I love Zoe Bell in that role, but I Ooh. love kid, mullet she's got going on. She, oh, I'm yeah. telling you. It's a, it's a it's a tribute to Charlize Theron and Monster. They got to pay, they got to pay tribute to Monster and to uh, Death Death Proof at the same time with, yes. the, with the, I mean, the kicking at the end. Yeah. So you, I'm saying. Oh, go ahead. I'm just saying. So you, when you go back and you look at that, that's the first time you get to really see Gabriel in in well lit situation. Put it that way. Like if he really. I mean, there's the scene where he's running from the cop and he's jumping and stuff, yeah. which. 
I can honestly say that out of all the scenes in the entire movie, when they're in, when when you see him underground, when he's like kind of jumping to walls and stuff, the CG there, I think, hurt that scene. I'd have loved it if it was like a real gymnast doing things, mm-hmm. but I'm willing to, I'm willing to put that aside because again, you know, like because again, I understand what they were trying to do, but when you see that happen now in your mind, you're like, wait, was that happening the whole time and I just missed mm-hmm. it? Then you go back, you're like, holy shit, it was. So, but Juan yes. throughout the film tells you what's going on from the you're just beginning. not picking it up. Yep. That's, he, he, that's great. Yeah. Well, he missed there, he miss he does misdirection and stuff. He but he's very that's the the thing is you don't know how confident this movie <coughs> pardon, people were um describing it as, you know, um unorganized and and just off the rails and stuff but it's very confident because he lays it all out but he's very confident that he's misdirecting you enough and keeping you in this direction till Mm -hmm. till he you know the first time through you know most people aren't gonna find out till he wants you to find out but at the same time he's been just like trolling you all through the whole movie and and that's but that is that is also kind of part and parcel with his horror work. It's yes. he does the same thing in in Saw. In he does Saw, the same you thing see in Jigsaw. Dead Silence. Yeah, but yes. we go, yeah. I was gonna say, but in, in Saw, it they tell you right up. You see who it is, and it's we're there the entire time. It's just we are conditioned not to question right. stuff like that. We just accept it. In Insidious. The character who ends up being the one that has to that that is the crux to all this is the one that we've spent the last seventy five minutes saying, "Well, this guy clearly is not involved. Right. You know, this guy clearly has nothing to do with this." Mm-hmm. You know, and then he ends up being the guy that is everything about it. It's this is all James about- Wan's move, and it works every fucking time. If if my one regret about seeing this film is that I saw it on my television and not in the theaters because I wanted another moment like I got the day I saw Saw on Halloween night with a group of people and we saw Jigsaw revealed and there was this communal gasp. Yeah. So well, real okay. people never met each other before. Oh my God, yeah. malignant in a theater oh full of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, like it. Oh my God! With just a mix of like regular theater goers and yeah. horror fans would be wow. Oh. Yeah. All I know is this: Jigsaw's reveal at the end of Saw. I'm, I'm watching it at home because I had a uh, um, uh, how to how to put this uh, a bootleg copy. That's probably yeah. the best way to. Okay. Say it. I was handed. I didn't buy it because the guy's like, "Well, I can't sell it to you, but I can give it to you." And I'm like, "I'll sure." Um, and when, when, when that happens, I literally jump and goes, Oh my God, are you kidding? Like, like I, I felt so dumb that like, <laughs> you know, that's what I'm discussing. What's what happens because let's face it guys. Like, like okay, I, if I'm, if I'm having a shit day and I'm like, Oh, I need to put something on. I put on a move with like someone gets their head ripped off, you know, by some demon or whatever. And it's like, Oh, that's so, you know, nice to have a relaxing thing happening. Like, or I'm like, man, I'm in a shit mood. Let me put on zombie. You know, because yeah. I'm not upset by Fulci Zombie. You know, it's mm-hmm. like oh, it's just it's just a comfort movie. You know, kind of thing. And if that sounds weird to non horror people, mm-hmm. but like it's what we do. But yeah. when I, when I you know who by- I feel for, you know who I feel for in Zombie, the guy piloting the uh, the Coast Guard boat. 
Yes. You know, he's having a shitty day. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I thought you were going to say the shark. Yeah. The shark also, but you know, the shark's like, you know, I mean, it's like, dude, what? <laughs> Serious? <laughs> You're biting me? That's my <laughs> thing. Hey, yeah. Like so lay I'm off swimming here. The, sh- no, the shark's like, did you see the tits on that chick? Hey, yeah. I-, I was just trying to show you her boobs. What are you doing? You know, I don't know why he sounds like that. Um, but I'm going to bite you. But that's the thing is, like, what we kind of take these things for granted. Like, I look for the the twist. I'm always expecting the swerve. I'm always looking for that in a movie. I don't give a shit what movie it is. It could be literally like uh, Muppets Haunted Mansion. I got to figure, I'm like, there's got to be a swerve in here somewhere, which we just watched this morning. Hey, I, hate uh, to, I hate to say this, uh, ladies and gentlemen of the audience, but he's 100% telling the truth. And half the time, the swerves Jay comes up with are better than the actual movie. Yeah. Oh, I, will, I will reference, just in passing, the remake of A Star is Born, the swerve oh, of I, which would okay. have made this, that a, a, a substantially better movie. Just saying, carry on. So, the, 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 just real quick, on the remake of A Star is Born with starring Lady Gaga and um, um, Bradley, guy, Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Thank you. I couldn't think of his name. Right? I was going to say Rocket that, Raccoon, but I said, no, that's not right. Right. But the whole. The whole pay to see a version of A Star is Born where Bradley Cooper is replaced by Rocket Raccoon throughout. Wait, trust me, this this is this is going to be better than that. The whole movie goes through, and at the very end, as he's dying, oh, spoiler, he dies. Uh, and she just says, of course you're dying. I've been poisoning you the whole time. And it's just like, bitch, you fucking kill. And he dies, and she's like, I've been killing you. And she went from being this, this, this person who could never be famous, this famous guy, she latches onto him, and the whole time she's been poisoning him and killing him to mm-hmm. take a fucking career and i would have that should have won the academy that ending fucking asked the academy award because no one i mean 100 percent, and no one would have seen that coming fucking would have been awesome anyway people would have complained because it's not the codify uh way that type of film is supposed to do yeah but you know what though it would have been exactly what what really happens in life because people to people and then slowly bleeding to death. Now she didn't nag at the fuck nag the fuck at him until he died because we all know that's how that fucking shit normally goes. That'd have been that'd have been a good version too if she just kept nagging him. He's like, oh fuck this, and he kills himself. Oh, shit, he blows his head off, right? And then and then, and then Sam is just like, what the fuck? And she's like, God, you're such a and blows her head off. You know? The whole thing is is that as you think about like the twists and stuff that are happening, like when we watch well the movies that are again the mainstream horror and stuff, I'm always looking for the twist. Was, which is why when we get something that's well done, not that we feel cheated, we just feel like, oh man, how did I not get that? I, I could have seen that coming. But sometimes when we see movies, and I'm thinking um, of The Color Out of Space, the perfect example, right? Where we see something that's so well made as a movie and pushes what we are expecting to get. Because let's be honest, Color Out of Space, you're like, oh, it's Nicolas Cage. It's going to be Nicolas Cage going insane kind of movie. And he does go insane, but not the way you think he is. Right. And that movie, outstanding, I mean, outstanding visuals. It is, it's the story is spot on. The music's amazing. Like I feel like this fucking movie comes together. And I said that, to that Luke, movie is like the uh, like, it's it's a little different than Reanimator, but uh-huh. it's like Reanimator, and it's as and it's a Lovecraft movie, a Lovecraftian movie, 
that is pushing the envelope of its time, which is say, which mm-hmm. was saying something for the time when each of them came out. But this this movie goes, yeah, yeah. Color this out of space movie is some yeah. like uncomfortable spaces, you know. Mm-hmm. The thing I'm saying is like when I when I said to Luke when we when we first saw that before we even talked about it on the ball, I said I don't know if Dad's gonna like Color Out of Space. It's amazing, but I don't know if he's gonna get it because it's so Lovecraft. It's so mm-hmm. out there and different. And then dad's like, holy shit, that was amazing because it pushed you away from the cookie cutter. Right. We get right. from Malignant. When you watch the trailer from Malignant, Haley, go, my daughter goes, I want to watch that, dad. I said, I don't know, Haley. I got to see what it is because it's rated R. So I have to know. Like, if there's a lot of nudity and sex you and stuff in it, that's kind of. It's rated R. Yeah. 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 Because far for slaughtering like you can you can you can eviscerate everybody i don't give a she don't care about that but if there's a lot of sex and nudity that's not good for a 10 year old to see um all the time because she's like ah, i don't really want to watch that that right so the this trailer makes it been rated f for compound fracture mm. well i'm just saying the that thing was is, for my watch Bailey. the trailer yeah. Yo, right. yeah no kidding man <laughs> yeah. amen to that when you watch the trailer, it literally sets you up to believe you're getting one type of movie. Right. And then you go in and you don't get that. And I said to her, you won't like this. You'll find it boring because to her at 10, I mean, she's yeah. 10, right? She's not ready to watch Giallo's and stuff. She hasn't watched right. those things. When we, like, she's watched Zombie, right? Yeah. Kind of thing. That. But, like, she's not ready for Tenebrae or Stendhal Syndrome or... Um, sleep. Um, um, uh, your bike is a locked room, and I have the key. Or she's not ready for that stuff because that's that's still too out there for her. And I said that so if you won't understand what's happening. You'll find it boring. You'll like certain scenes, but that won't be enough to hold your attention. So to her, she's like, okay, she, and, and like like she's more apt to watch like Halloween Kills than she will to watch this because. At least in Halloween Kills, well, there might be some backstory she doesn't necessarily truly understand because let's face it, mm-hmm. there's four fucking timelines in the Halloween universe. Um, you know, uh, so the thing is, but that's a much more straightforward, and I mean, not having seen it yet, it's much more straightforward in what the idea of what it is. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. When you start looking at movies that are pushing that, you're gonna you're gonna push some people who really have found that they like that that you know uh cookie cutter hold my stuff so i said to dad you gotta watch malignant now him and my mom watched it and my dad is not a giallo fan he liked but he pretty much hated the rest of them right kind of thing and he he goes this was so good he goes it was so different exactly see that's that's the thing is i think that this film was james wan was given a blank check by warner brothers of course and he Took that blank check and with his wife, because his wife helped him do the story. Yeah. You know, the little girl who who loves Kyoka Khan uh, PD. Um, he made a film where basically the message is, guys, I got something to tell you. Horror's not safe. It's yeah. crazy and fun, and you can just go nuts with it. Well, that's 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 why when I knew I was going to watch this movie is I saw the red letter meter review of it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. And then I went to work and one of my coworkers was just like, hey, have you heard of that movie Malignant? I just watched it last night. And I'm like, what did you think? And and he's a more, you know, normal film yeah. viewer, but he likes his, you know, just he's just a very normal, per, you know, per media consumer. And he goes, well. 
it was fucked up and <laughs> but it was really funny at parts but not like you're laughing at it funny but it was funny but it wasn't like a, it wasn't a comedy at all but there's parts of it that definitely a lot it was just very and i was just like just listening to him to try to describe mm-hmm. how it was and and i could tell that he watched it and that he was thinking about it in that way of like i didn't quite understand what that was but i liked it and mm-hmm. you know and i'm thinking about it and rolling it around in my head which is you know for for a horror movie entertainment thing is is a pretty good that, that isn't trying to be like an arty message from right. no, something it, like that it, so i was like james one showing that you can do crazy grindhouse horror with a mainstream budget and make it work and I mm-hmm. and I was just like I was just like I'm going home and watching this and and what what really impressed me is like what you said Grindhouse this was this just was dollops and dollops of exploit un, unapologetic exploitation and you gotta love it because it's like it's really it's only like got like Tarantino and and like Rodriguez and stuff. Who'll who'll still do that these days, you know, or or also, are able to do it with 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 in a in a great way? And this is and now add James Wan. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess he's always been there, but yeah. this this definitely is another. I you know I put this in a you know I uh, you, people could argue about the quality of the movie or something, but as far as like crazy horror. Uh, reputation level goes this up mm-hmm. saw for sure. This ups is R rated game. <laughs> I gotta drop. I gotta drop an aside in here because we're we're talking about it being a little bit grindhousey and everything. It, there is definitely aspects of that, but the other thing was there was ridiculous artistry in here, right? Like, okay, yes. yeah, he made a he made Aquaman billion dollar movie, great. He's, he he can do the effects and everything. When they did. The Zillow floor plan single shot mm-hmm. of yes. her yep. trying to check all. I was like, I'm sure this has been done before, but not like this. Like I was like laser focused on like on mm-hmm. that. Like this is fucking great. It Man, not only was it, not only was a neat gimmick, but it really served the tone of everything too. It was just yeah, it was it was masterful. Well, that's where the that's where the Fulci. Argento yeah. angle comes in because I, I know, was, they were I was, doing rank exploitation, but they were doing it with the the hand of like an artist, you know. That sequence yeah. reminds me of the sequence in Tenembre. That's what I was saying. You know yeah. what I'm thinking of, Jason? Where yep. the, the the camera goes up and over the house and into the house. Yep. 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 Oh yes, Along yes, the gutter yes. And, can, yep. And can I make yes. an aside about that scene in Tenembre? Okay, it, I I love that bit in Tenebrae. The one thing was, is that the idea that that the the, the secret in Tenebrae wasn't that the whole point was it supposed to appear like it, it's I don't know if it was shot as one continuous scene where they put the camera up and over you can't yeah. see the like right. so it's so see you never see a cut and you're like wait did they just do that literally in one take like you know kind of thing like yeah. it's impossible the possibility of the scene is more yeah. Go on, Lewis. What's amazing is that yeah. that 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 amazing shot with the amazing soundtrack, the whole maison mm-hmm. scene of that entire piece in Tenebrae. If you ever get a chance to watch the American cut, which is called Unsane. Yes, I've, I'm familiar with it. They they cut that. 
They take a big chunk yes. of it out of the middle. But and the people soundtrack don't understand the artistry. They just want to get to the gore. No, it's like, oh, it's like, let's go kill those two, those, those two lesbians. That's yeah. what everybody paid their money for. <laughs> they're not lesbians. They're lesbians. Lesbians. <laughs> the sound, I mean, it, isn't the, isn't that piece of the soundtrack called Lesbos for crying out loud? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. But, but the, okay. other, the other the one that the other thing I want to talk about, talk about the you know Chris you were talking about just the uh, the filmmaking skill and the artistry, the use of colors in this oh. is beautiful. The reds and blues and oranges in this film, and I know we we make the joke that every movie looks orange nowadays because that's the way the filters are done, but here it's like intentional. You know, the the right at you know when the when the police first come to the house and we get the you know it's the bit it's the old spooky dark house right with the fog and the but the blue and the red from the police lights and we see the blue and the red from police lights over and over again in this film and it just when things are lit it's so it's so external and unnatural it's well here's the thing is yeah yeah it's 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 completely but here's the thing. They did it with lights and gels, it appears to be, instead of the way that the lazy way that everybody does it now, where they, they're sitting on their computer, they got it's the scene filter. set up, and they pull it up like on Photoshop. They pull up like hue, and yeah. then they have the, the color wheel there, and they just wheel the around till it turns like either a shade, whatever shade of color that they want for their color palette, and then they tone the whole thing like that. Whereas this one has. You know, if there's something, there, there'll be stuff that's of a, sometimes, a lot of times, thank God, just, is, everything will just be bathed in blue or red. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it's because they're shining a blue or red light on it, and it's a different look, and it defines, it, it, it makes everything more defined, whereas when you tone it down, it, it sort of takes a definition out of everything and kind of it's almost like turning something into sepia tone or something right yeah. and and yeah and i i mean when when this would just start turn when things would start turning red or blue and the synth music would start like pumping in it's just like oh my god you know it, and it's doing it right i was just it, the the level of ecstasy of watching something like that and just it was very similar to watching Color Out of Space, you know, which was also right. ba bathed in purple and and uh, but yeah, it was just the, the the amount of 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 care that that was put into it, which I think is is funny because as I was reading, as I was like rottening rotten tomatoing it, mm -hmm. it's it's like the, it almost acts like oh, you know, it sounded like they were describing one of those movies where. He didn't know what to do with it, or like the yeah. studio mess with Ooh. it. Just came, yeah. it was a failed mess or something. And then when you when I'm watching it, I'm like, every every goddamn element of this movie is so like thought out and purposely put there, and and maybe because they don't all make perfect sense is why it, what screwed people up. But like it, it was, it's it's almost as if half the people that watch that watched a totally different movie. Well, well here, here's the thing. First, okay, but if I can do an aside here, since everybody's doing asides. We're all, we're all God aside. bless him. God bless James Wan for not giving in and hiring an up-and-coming actress or, or having, like, a big name somewhere to sell, quote-unquote, sell the movie. People like big names. 
I like the fact that the biggest names in these films was Maria Bello and Paula Marshall, and they're in minor roles. I think horror movies almost, unless it's a horror movie icon and you're putting them in there for a specific reason... You know, or or a good care, you know, character actor to turn up in, you know, a Dick's, you know, some Dick Smith to mm-hmm. put in there. For the most Be part, horror hour. horror movies and stuff like that, genre movies in general, benefit unless you're doing like, you know, Escape from New York or something. Mm-hmm. They benefit from having somebody that you're not familiar with, or somebody who's just sort of like when you a see schlub something... actor, a schlub yeah. actor, you know, and it it. It brings it to the to the reality of you know there's there's somebody you're not thinking about like oh that's Jack Nicholson turning right. into a werewolf you know it's when you it, see oh, something in a horror movie happen to Jessica Alba you're like oh well she's she's gonna make it to the end of the movie when yeah. you see something happen to somebody you've never seen before you go you don't know and all bets are off. I love Dennis Hopper, but and I love Dennis Hopper, mm-hmm. the the Dennis Hopper's role in Land of the George Romero's Land of the Dead. Mm-hmm. But at this and and the same with Leguizamo. I love Leguizamo, and his he's he's I think the best part of that movie. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was also very disappointed to have a George Romero zombie movie where I knew who any of the actors or actresses were. Were I mm-hmm. like I want it to be. You know, somebody out of summer stock or something like that, you know, right. and, it, and it just it, it adds that realism to it. You know, even if they're like maybe like a good actor, but not a great actor, yeah. that almost improves it, too. You know, this the sad thing about about the way this film has been reacted to is that the ma- mainstream Hollywood will look at the way this kind of didn't hit with audiences and people didn't know what to make of it and say, oh, we should go back to just doing safe again. Let's do the Nun 5. I know there's no Nun 2, but you know, eventually there will be. <laughs> I think well, okay. I think Juan has enough. We're going uh, to go I think back that... to the, these, these films that purport to be kind of like old style 80s monster movies with like the Bye Bye Man and uh, Slender Man where uh, they were trying to build a new horror icon but nobody's buying them when right here we have a film where a new horror icon is made well Thomas I know you and I were talking about this after we saw this and and I know you you don't like the idea of it I don't know if I like the idea of it but I can totally see uh, a series of you know, three or four, mm-hmm. probably not James, maybe the next one, but, you know, eventually getting cheaper and cheaper right. uh, sequels to this. It's set up for a se- it's set up for all the all we need for a sequel. And I can see as the sequels go on that Gabriel becomes more and more of a like uh, a not a sympathetic character, mm-hmm. but, a, but a character, an antihero of, re- yeah. of revenge. I'm telling you, I'll accept his malignant case. James, get on the phone to Frank Hanelotter. I'm sure he's game for this. He dead. And he dead. He died? Well, I don't know. Hanelotter is dead, yes, unfortunately. I've been asking a a dead guy to come come on our show. Oh, my Lord. 
Well, that at least explains why he won't return your calls. That's true. Well, well, even I mean, it would have been even scarier if he did. Yeah, it'd be a dead guy's back situation. Cross him off then. Uh, Anyway, you know, actually, I was going to say, you know, we talk. It's funny you're talking about sequels, because you know what the end of this really reminded me of. Remember last year during the height of pandemic when we uh, and lockdowns when we watched The Shining and Doctor Sleep. Yes. Mm. The ending of this kind of reminded me of Doctor Sleep. Yes. You know, where it's oh. like, oh, you keeping it, and that's it. It's like, oh, you're going to keep everything locked up. You're going to make, yep. you know, make sure nothing ever cuts out. Well, let yep. me know how that works for you. Sounds you legit. Know? That sounds that sounds happily ever after written yeah. all over it right there. I got, okay, so I got two things. Let me just throw these out there real quick. The 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 issue, as we know, um, this debuted on HBO Max, which I think meant a lot more eyes on necessarily than people would have gone to the if it only been in theaters. There are a few movies recently that have only been in theaters that, while they're turning a profit, um, and they're not going to make nearly enough money to be quote unquote successful. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This it it I mean, they're saying open about a little under million. Uh, U.S. gross right now is about 13 million. Worldwide gross 32. The theaters just aren't open. There aren't the, the, people aren't no. going to the movie theater mm-hmm. when they sit at home. And I myself love the idea of being. I, I know you said it, Thomas. You'd rather see it in the theater. And there are certain things you should see in a theater. Mm-hmm. I agree with that 100. percent But to me, the ability to watch this at home and to watch it a second time if I want and to watch it when it's convenient for me and not have to worry about who's in there playing grab ass with their girlfriend or Uh boyfriend judge um, or who's going to drop their jujubes and whatever kind of thing. Right. Um, I think what that, uh, you know, I like that idea. I like being able to watch them at home. I've actually watched a lot more newer movies closer to when they came out than I would have normally Uh done. I used to come out. So there's nothing wrong, Jason, with um, wanting to see a film on your own terms. Yeah, not at all. I'm not. I'm not poo-pooing that when I say that. I'm just saying that 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 the the reason the theater experience survived is because there's something about being in the dark with a bunch of strangers. Yeah, the communal experience. Communal experience. And this is one film where I could see that that communal experience would have happened. Okay. No way. It could. It could happen. It could happen, but it could go in all different directions. You know, Uh, I would like to see this with a full theater of people who are half hating it, half loving it. After I'd seen it once, you know, to just drink in the chaos when people are like the people who are just sort of there for something that's on the nose and are going, yeah, what the fuck is going? Because that's the thing is, no matter how you're reacting to this movie you're not reacting to it of like oh that was weird because when it gets weird it fucking explodes it literally it explodes in in craniums getting crushed and just blood by so when you're going what the fuck is going on you're you're going what the fuck is going on in the same way as if you're just walking down the street and you know a bunch of grenades just went off you know Mm -hmm. so it's and and in the in the in today's atmosphere and in the streaming verse, I think this movie's a huge success because uh-huh. no matter how much money it made, people it are talking generated, about it. It yeah. generated buzz and stuff. And I think like now the streaming platforms don't think as much about like 
are, are each individual movies making money or not making money? Mm-hmm. They're thinking about they having enough things well, going right. on. So it generally right. makes a lot of money in, in their subscription service. Yeah. So a movie that, that, that might not get watched as much as something else, but mm-hmm. gets a lot of people, you know, maybe they watch it for 10 minutes and then they go, ah, uh, yeah, this isn't for me, but they're still on HBO Max there, and they might just flip over to another yeah. HBO yep. Max it, movie. I think it works right. out. And that might be a generally positive thing for people like us who like weirdo shit. Yeah. Because uh, it seems like a age, lot of weirdo shit is getting made hmm. and doing okay these days. And before uh, the age of digital and before the age of VHS, this is the type of film that would build the word of mouth and become a midnight movie. Yeah. 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 And, and, and again, I, w- I wasn't trying to like, downgrade it because it didn't make enough money. Like, <laughs> what I'm saying is this is in a time when people weren't going to theaters. And yeah. a movie like this had has there are more much like you that's what I'm saying. There are many more eyes on this film than I think would have had been on this film had it just gone to theaters right now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Because there are movies and and because uh, my dad asked me this the other day, he goes, How much money did F9 make? F the Fast and Furious Nine, right? And I was like, I don't know, like five hundred million dollars, some insane amount of money for the time. It was like not maybe not five hundred, but we know. But it was it was a lot of money for right now when it was literally in theaters, and I think because everyone wanted to see this so bad that people were like, yeah. "I'm willing to go." Um, F9 and nine isn't a risk for the people who are good. For people have seen F one through F eight. F nine no, no, no. is not not a risk to go see it at the movie theater. Whereas Malignant, it would be like, well, if you didn't know anything about it, it would be like, ah, if I could watch it on TV or go through the theater, it just right. It's it's okay. it doesn't have you know. So okay, so the thing, but the so the thing is, I have not been back to a movie theater since all this started. Right, Luke, I know, Luke, I know you have gone. You saw. I've a, been a, 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 once with my mother to see Fast Nine, obviously enough, <laughs> because my mom loves the Fast Nine movie. Because loves the as, Fast as we all know, Thomas's mom has excellent taste. <laughs> I'm saying that without a. I am Thomas's that mom a is a mad liar. Woman. <laughs> I will let her know you said that. I, I no, I mean I'm I'm dead serious. I mean I don't know your I don't know your mom obviously, but you know right. I freaking love the Fast and Furious movies and I love them unironically. She loves you know? the Fast and Furious movies. She loves James Bond. Um, but but right. went so, for her on. birthday. But right. sorry, continue. No, no, no. I'm just saying it's like so the idea though of going to a theater and Chris, you're talking about risk. Like, is it worth seeing or not? And F9, right. people are, you gotta remember, there are some people who are like, is it worth the risk to my health to go? Yeah. Right. All the, all the risks, the, the risk of the money. Whereas if you're, if you're just right. sitting around and you're like, Oh, I heard about this crazy movie. Some of my friends hated it, but everybody's talking about it. And there it is right on my TV. You know, a lot of people are just going to be like, I'll give it a whirl. Well, let's see. You know, yeah. let's see what yeah. I think. And the thing is, though, as I, and what I was getting at is that so uh, to not have to have a movie that, that again that I think that it was smart to put it on HBO Max. Uh, and again, it didn't have to be on HBO Max. It could have been on like you know Peacock Netflix. or whatever. Thing. But right. Netflix. The whole idea was to not make this exclusive to the theaters. Gave it many more eyes, which now gives this movie. Um, and I, I don't want to say the word cult 
because it's too early to be a cult movie, but it right. will to go into that kind of like, you know, the buzz category and good or bad. It doesn't matter whatever it might be. What I would be honest, and I, I know, I know, Thomas, you're you're kind of where like, tongue in cheek when you said, you know, we want to see, you know, Beulah versus, you know, Gabriel. Beulah, like, yes. Yeah, but I'll, not what I say, not Beulah. Excuse me. I'd love to uh, see uh, Beulah McGillicuddy versus. <laughs> I would like to say Joey Styles uh, screaming, "Cat fight, cat fight, cat fight." So the thing is, though, the reality. I'll be very honest with you. I never want to see a sequel to this. I want this movie to stop now because with now in my mind, I can say just like it. I mean, and again, I don't, I mean, unless, unless Stephen King writes another book uh, that goes along with the shining and Dr. Sleep, um, it, it, I would rather there was nothing more here. Let me now in my head have my own. What happens? Does get get out? If you try to fill things in, if you keep filling things in and developing like the character of Gabriel, Every little thing you fill in and every character development is just going to make it more and more boring. You yeah, know, keep in best- mind, one of the greatest um, regrets Wes Craven ever had was that he sold the rights away to Nightmare on Elm Street because he wanted to be a done in one. Yeah. Well, in his mind, the story was done. But yeah, Carpenter like, sort of felt like that about Halloween, too. Yeah, <laughs> yes. he had he had one movie in him. And they asked him for a second, and he managed to squeeze one out, which makes that sound dirty, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but the story was done. There was yeah. nothing more to do with Michael. But yes. well, disagree. Yeah. Well, the thing is this, is that, and that aside, um, one of the things that, again, we had mentioned that the idea that of, of casting people who were not well known. Now the main actress uh, is uh, Annabelle uh, Wallace. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she plays Madison. Now yes. the, the thing is, if you look at her credits, her acting credits, she mm-hmm. was in the Mummy remake, the 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 uh, Tom Cruise Mummy remake, which is what it is. So she right? was. So so she's still a new actress. <laughs> so, she, she played nobody. Me. Nobody, and, nobody and, who in that movie should count that as her, as an acting credit. Well, but the thing is, she plays Mia and Annabelle, and Annabelle lives in the Conjuring world. Mm-hmm. And in there, I mean, what year was Annabelle? Annabelle was 2014. So it's not like it was like a couple of years ago. Now, if she was much younger. She plays the she's the mom. Right. Mm-hmm. And in that movie, like I, I'm looking at her here going, I, I don't know. I, I'm looking at her face going, I don't recognize her. And I know I've seen Annabelle. And I and I when I read that, I was like. So I look at her picture, and she's first of all, she's blonde normally, not not a brunette, right. all right, kind of thing. Uh, and so I'm like, oh, okay, maybe it's. And I'm like, nope, I just don't. And I looked at she's in Annabelle. I'm like, I don't recognize her in this at all. But when you have that going for you, you have the ability to have actors and actresses who are more than competent doing their job. Mm-hmm. And like you said, there's always a cameo. I mean, Zoe Bell's cameo is fun. when she came on. I popped so hard for Zoe yeah. Bell because I love, right. And I, I literally yet. was like, because you hear Paula Marshall's voice first, and I, back in the nineties, I st- I I was crushing fiercely on Paula Marshall, and I'm like, that voice sounds familiar. That can't be. And then they turned around to show her, and I'm like, oh my god, it is. Yeah. So yeah, I popped too. Yeah, but I'm just, it's just one of those things that you start everything saying. So it's the movie doesn't get bogged down 
in trying to show you like look who we got to be in here right you right. know we like you need a main act you know, i mean unless unless you're gonna do unless you're gonna do like uh hitchcock did psycho or like the movie contagion it's a perfect example Right. Well, well, Jan Lee. A more modern yeah. example. Executive decision did the same thing. God damn it! They didn't that. <laughs> <sighs> well, okay. Wait a minute. You're saying... telling me I'm not going to be in the rest of the movie? <laughs> well, I can't hear executive decision without thinking of this job I worked where we had a, a dishwasher and he kept talking about how he about masturbating and finally the cook was like listen man you got to stop talking about masturbating or at least come up with a code word for it and he goes code word i'm gonna call it the executive decision (laughs) (laughs) so now every time i hear executive decision i just go oh oh no i'll just that even further and call it (laughs) seagulling Which is different than seagulling, but let's no, not no, talk no, about no. porn too much. You can't do that. Can't do that no more. They they <laughs> yeah. outlawed that. Okay. So, anyway. uh, you were talking uh, about unless you're going to do something like Janet Lee and Psycho or right or like yeah kind of thing. You have to like in Contagion where where they kill her off early and she's the reason everyone gets sick and all that stuff, right? Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. That's what happens in fucking Contagion because the fucking movie's about like outbreak of disease. Um, I mean, but, I mean, you know, and, and the hey, thing everybody's is, is lining can, up to see that can, one these days. Yeah, but so, but you it, can do that and weapponize that well. I mean, Wes sure. Craven did that to great effect in Scream in a modern, a more modern context. And to the point there, that that was well, Drew Barrymore's idea, not Wes Craven's. Well, but understand, but it, yeah. it's still just because an actor comes to you with an idea. But the thing with that is that not only did was it in was it the way it was shot, but that's also the way the film was marketed. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know. She is the biggest face other than um. I mean, her her face is the damn poster. Yeah. 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 The whole thing is though, when you do something like that, and that and that's and that's a total point. That is again, that creates a lot of buzz. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, we were all old. We I mean, we've all seen Scream, but like yeah. when Scream happened, I was like. The, the buzz, like I mean, I saw it. Okay, I saw it on a on the bus with the track team driving to whatever meet we were going to, and a whole bunch of people had never seen it. And when they killed Drew Barrymore, I had people on my track team joke, "What the fuck? They killed her!" Well, my like we're five minutes in, like they lost their ever loving mind. I'm like, sit down and shut up. We still got another hour and a half of this. Because right? the, the movie just ruined their future executive decision. That's what just yeah. happened. <laughs> anyway. So I the do having having the actresses and the actors and actresses in this movie again be relatively unknowns and, and and again even if they if you did remember her that she was in Annabelle we're talking seven years later she, she you know she's not she looks different um, kind of thing what the the great part of that is um, when you have unknowns quote unquote and I'm not trying to degrade anyone's career here right um, it allows you to believe who they are dad and i talk all the time on bots bugs and babes right we talk about like well i don't you know you kind of buy that's who this person is because i don't know them from anything right Right. you know like it was like you believe that character is that person it's it's a lot of the um uh i'm I'm trying to think of of wait well it's kind of like okay it's like in pro wrestling right Mm. like you, you, like people are like, well, that guy's exactly like this. Well, no, that guy's a dickhead in the ring because he's a heel. He mm-hmm. might not be in real life. I mean, some people are, but he might not be, right? 
And the whole thing is like people start kind of like if you see Bruce Willis in a movie and you're mm-hmm. like, man, Bruce Willis in this movie is playing like, you know, I don't know, the the leader of a, of a, of a elite SEAL team. Right. You buy it, but you don't think Bruce Willis is really leading a SEAL team into the, you know, whatever to go rescue these hostages. Yeah. It's just so, me. I think how many how many Arby's coupons did they pay him to be in this movie these days um, yeah. I'm just saying though it's like you believe uh, you believe that Madison uh, you know that uh, 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 Annabelle Wallace is Madison you believe that mm-hmm. Maddie Hansen yeah. is like they they take on those characters and and I find and this is just real quick I think this is the great part about this right as you're leaving them when you then see the video of Madison when she's little when she's like mm-hmm. on the like, those scenes are creepy as fuck. Mm-hmm. You, okay, this is disturbing. Now you're watching this going, forget forget the, like, I mean, it, it has, it, it's shot really well to be done on the camcorder and the whole night. Mm-hmm. But she, just the way she looks at, the, like, when she stares quickly at the camera, again, because her dad is now filming her, and you can see that young, that, that young actress was able to portray a lot of emotion through just her eyes. Her mm-hmm. emotion so good and you're like wow that looks like something you might have been might have been real and again i know people will say oh well it's this it's that whatever you want to rip it apart okay because let's be very honest here you can rip anything you want apart luke and i riffed uh um gone with the wind for fucking christ's sake live off the cuff one night which was a lot of work um <laughs> the idea is what there was a fucking lot of work especially for christmas christmas night um yes. the thing is when you do that, you have these these amazing performances that literally sell the movie as being more than the sum of its parts. And this is, this is why I'm, I'm serious. I don't want to see a sequel. I don't want them to explain things. I don't want them to go further. I want there to be a little question in my mind. I want there to be, that it's like, man, I'd love to have more. But it's the, the sometimes when you get the more, you're like, oh, that's what it is? Oh, that's it. Like, it's a letdown. If and I may elaborate on that comment. So, Sure. Um, a quick Ladies plug. In, a quick plug in goes, here. Oh. Uh, just before we go on, quick plug for myself. Please go to letterbox.com to my profile. Uh, all lowest scores and check out my review of of Gone with the Wind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a message to everybody who's hearing this. Sometimes it's a good thing that stuff is finite. Yeah. Sometimes. Most of the time, just having one or two films or three, one or two books is fine. We don't need people picking over Wes Craven's fucking grave, going, "Oh, well, we're gonna we're gonna bring back Freddy, and we're gonna have Robert Englund, who's now like what about ninety, back in the makeup again, and and it's gonna be great, and you're gonna love it." Like, no, 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 let those films lie. They're Let still there. They're still lie. there. Exactly. They're still there. They still work. They don't. I've been, need... I've been watching them for thirty years or so, over yeah. and over again, and like so, so, so these goddamn kids can watch them for thirty more years. I, I, I'm so sick fine. and tired of these films that come out, and we're being told like, like Army of the Dead, which was okay, if very, very problematic. It was an okay film. But and hearing them like, oh, oh, and there's going to be a prequel movie and there's going to be a TV series and there's going to be this. like, no, no, maybe you should just have stopped there. 
Well, that's that's the thing is if if you look at this if, if you look at Malignant, I mean I mean it does you could make sequels to it, but if you're oh, going to follow exactly the tradition of like the yeah. the you know there's never been a Suspiria two, although you right. know Argento's but doesn't you know when they so when when the Italians do a universe. sequel they do some loose yeah. theme they're like mm. I'm doing my witches trilogy and right. they oh, they're just I'm going of, to make a movie about the witches. And yeah. then I make yeah. another one, and then we call it a sequel. It is, it is okay. It is good. Yeah, yeah. It's a fun. All the same Some Americans show up. They give me money. Say, well, you want right. to do a third film about witches? I'm like, right. okay. But, but, but when they do sequels, they do it all artistically and yeah. thematically. You know, it's loose. To, uh, yeah, that, that's right. It's artistic thing. and thematic. It's not just because, hey, you know, the first one make us some lyrics, so we call another one, and we put the same title on it. For that reason, because the, the real Django made money, and then every Western, they like, let's just yeah. call it the Django. It's not even the same thing. One of them's got three. It was like, I can tell you exactly. It is a free to use. It is in the public domain, okay? To five in America. It's going to be like five. This time the twist is Gabriel moves forward. You thought he was deadly yeah. moving backwards. No, I, I will tell no you, you know what will happen? It'll be you know what'll happen. Did five, face Madison forward. will get into a car accident and they got to transplant her chunk of her brain into somebody else. And that's how the thing will live on. No, no. I, I'll tell you, Chris, exactly what the sequel is going to be. Malignant, the beginning. Yeah. Oh Jesus! It's uh, gonna be. Gordon, it's gonna be. It's gonna be like uh, hospital. Yeah, I got, it's, gonna be, I like got the, it's gonna be like the remake of House on Haunted Hill. It's gonna deal with the hospital and all that. You yeah, know? I, I I got it all in flashback. It took about mm, eight minutes total. It was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was perfect. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, would, I would think the film might yeah. actually play better if we didn't get the crazy preview in the hospital at the very beginning. Yeah, but the thing that's the thing is that's that that's in retro like in retro like in retrospect watching it, it's like almost like yeah you're giving away too much of it, but it happens so quick at the beginning, mm -hmm. and it just happens and 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 I think I'm getting this from the Red Letter Media review, but they're like it it sort of announces like this is some cheesy you know it's a very like reanimator sort of beginning you know it's very right. like. Somebody, when somebody says their lines and they're yelling, the camera's pu pushing in on their face. And oh, it, it's and, very Sam Raimi. It yeah, is yeah, very Sam much Raimi Sam Raimi. Bodies fly out. It's kinetic, and it's and like the lights are flashing, and then it goes into the cr boom, the credits, and you see, you know, blood pulsing over the screen and all that. But once you get it, once it goes into the story, it goes into the sort of insidious look and feel. Yeah. So you're so you you get you start following that story. You your brain just sort of puts that other stuff into the back burner, mm -hmm. and and isn't really thinking about it after that. So it's like, yeah, that's why that's why I was saying he's so confident in like, in in give in in giving away stuff, and knowing you know how much like that he can give away quite a bit. And and wave it in your face, and and that's always that, been James Wan. Even and know that the dominoes aren't going to fall till you know the point where where he wants them to. So, yeah, I 
Yeah, I mean, even even from in the first film, when we have the scene where Michael Emerson points points at um, Jigsaw and goes, "He's a really interesting man, you know. You should talk to him." Yeah, and it's like putting a big target on. Here's the killer, but right. we don't notice. He's yeah. he's a master at doing that. So the other thing I just want to throw this out real quick is when you. When you start pushing, um, you know, I mean, when, uh, and, and we all know this too. When you, when you push out um, a new movie uh, and then and it hits, right? Saw, The Conjurings, Insidious, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I know he didn't direct Sinister, but Sinister is another. They, oh, there's always the copycats, right? There's always right. The, the people who come out and do this. Um, I, again, I might be 100% wrong here, but I cannot, I would be shocked. If we got a bunch of copycats of Malignant, <laughs> no, no, just hear me no, out. No, it's not the huge thing. Is maybe way down the line because it's already sort of going through a little reformation where people are starting to be like, "Hey, this is actually pretty good." And there's people like us who are just like going nuts over it. So it could have a, but like I hope not, sort of, because it does. Like anybody can't pull this shit off. So when people try to, you know, sort of like when Saw came out and like, then there was the, the, like, uh, the, the Hostel came out after Saw. Yes. Right? Hostel came out yes. after Saw. And, and, and so that did was basically tourists. Eli Roth getting a yeah, whole bunch of Yeah, Teresa's and confinement yeah. and all them. Yeah. Or not confinement. So, um, um, no, confinement. Focusing. I think you're right. That's the one where they took the uh, Larry Cohen script and totally screwed it over. Yeah, I, I, I know. I, I'm just not sure if that's the one I'm thinking of, but ah, yes, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you know, when the copycats of Saw were, for the most part, like way, you know, were were not were not as good as Saw, you know, not as well thought out, and not as, you know, or just, a, a you know, sort of more superficial version of it, and just took the took the more gruesome aspects of it and. And couldn't do the subtext or the the mood like he could, and so like although you know if people started copying *Malignant* and it meant you know just sort of like yeah let yourself go as far as ideas go, even if they're I guess people who aren't as good as Juan or mm-hmm. even pretty bad, it still makes for way more interesting. I've seen a whole string of just weird ass movies, a lot of them involving Nick Cage, if you can imagine that. <laughs> oh no, I can't. I almost feel like we're in a new 1974, my golden age of fucking weirdo movies. Except in 1974, their excuse was they were all hippies and they were all just mm-hmm. like whacked out on LSD and doing coke so they could finish movies. Whereas today, that's not real. You know, I don't see James Wan. I see James Wan maybe dropping a tab of acid in college once or twice, yeah. maybe. But and I, I, maybe I hit see the James where he goes to bed once yeah. in a while. But he's not a whacked out like, hey man, cosmic weirdo. Yet, that you know, here comes here comes this movie. You know, at, at every bit at, and. Nowadays, like a lot of the movies, those unhinged movies from like 74 and stuff, part of the appeal of them was they were low budget. Mm -hmm. But low budget is a lot more um, 
feasible and beautiful these days. You know, you can you can low make a low budget a low budget movie that looks beautiful and there's, has pretty there, decent special effects these days. There's no downside to low budget filmmaking. Really, there isn't because if you if you flop, you flopped. You only spent a million dollars on it or five million dollars on it. You got a success. You have a much bigger return on your investment. But people are so busy about we have to make things bigger and appeal to all four quadrants. You know, man, woman, young, old. And we've got, you know, they want to they want these films to appeal to so that everybody will go and see them in the theaters. But when you appeal to everybody, you appeal to no one. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that rant. It's just well, no, but that's the nature. Like streaming and inter- yeah. the, the the way the way that we consume media nowadays means that it's almost like it's almost getting to the point where it's more risky to try to reach a general audience mm-hmm. because if you don't reach a general audience, you've spent a lot of money trying to do it, and you lose a lot of money. And so basically only the safest, most, you know, just broadly appealing stuff is is safe to do it nowadays. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you're a streaming service, you can you can. And I mean, the Internet has put a, a million underlines under the fact that like subgroups and and niches are very profitable because there's a lot of human beings. Right. So if, if only one out of a thousand people like Jallo movies, mm-hmm. but you get all the people that are like that are into that stuff, you get their attention. That's a lot of people. And now exactly. everything is on a global scale. Mm-hmm. So it's like but, now it's almost more profitable. It seems these days, maybe it's only going to last for a little while and we're in a golden period, but it seems almost like it seems more profitable to the to the streaming services and even the mm-hmm. big movie companies now to to experiment more yeah. and it's it's See, crazy it's 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 there's i mean there's the safe stuff that's coming out is super safe and mm-hmm. you know big and boomy but there's an appeal to that too you know like the the fast and furious movie oh God, the, the fast and the Fu- and i don't say this in a negative way at this point, the Fast and the Furious movies are the when I'm watching them in the theater are the equivalent of somebody dangling keys in front of baby me. Road, Roadrunner and Bugs Bunny cartoons, <laughs> yeah, but like, either way, you know you can't. But nobody can nobody can start pulling the bullshit of like, oh, all they make is <clears throat> Fast and Furious movies these days because it's not true anymore. It's like if you want to watch Fast and Furious movies. There they are, and if you want art house movies, there they are, and if you want weirdo exploitation mm-hmm. movies, there they are. So, yeah. I mean, if you I ask, mean, that, that's that is that is like the one real. I mean, that that to me, of all the negatives of the the uh, proliferation of streaming oh. services, and I feel there are numerous negatives. Oh yeah, uh, I think the one positive we can all agree with is that it's power to the viewer, right? Yeah, you have yeah. the power of the purse strings if you want to. If your streaming service, you can vote with your eyeballs and your dollars. If they mm-hmm. continue to put films or shows or programming of any nature on there that you like, you have the right to vote with your dollar and say, "I want to continue getting more of this." Yeah, so I want to get only other service, streaming just so, service. You know, the only other streaming service I have behind it, beside Amazon Prime, Shutter, mm-hmm. because 
I want to see more of that fucked up shit. Right. And, and, and we, and we've talked about this on, on get back to the wrestling. It's like, you know, Peacock is a, a poor, a poor substitute, a poor replacement for the WWE network Mm -hmm. for consumers of WWE content. But Peacock is a destination. If you like English soccer, right? Oh yeah. It's all, it's all kind of relative, you know? So it's like for me changing, when, when the network ended and it moved to Peacock, it's like, well, for the same money, I now get twice as much content, so it makes sense for me. It may not make sense for other viewers. Right. Same with, with Paramount. I mean, to me, Paramount is, oh, Paramount is, you know, the, the uh, Champions League network. That's pretty much all it's there for. for right. Me. Yeah, it, it's certainly not for Star Trek. Fuck not, Star well, Trek. I mean, not the Star Trek they're showing, you know. Yeah, just, that's exactly, that's not my Star Trek. Yeah. Not 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 to not to start a two true freaks rant here, but I know, I know. You know <laughs> the so but yeah, you know, so to me it's like it, but but I will I will say it is you know it, it's power to the viewer. You have choice, you know. It's the same like we see now with the the you know pe- people will bemoan the proliferation of both the number of pages and every month's previews catalog, and also the amount of you know um, creator owned or indiegogo or mm-hmm. be- kickstarter created comics it's like well yes but at the same time if they can reach their audience and you now have more choice and you can support the creators you like and the types of titles you like isn't that good isn't yeah. that good to have choices indiegogo well, in the old day in the old days there wouldn't be any more options it's either like there was a short brief period where underground comics sort of became independent comics and there was like in the 90s there were a few of them that became very popular and you could find them on the out in out in the magazine shelves or where the comics were but like for the most part it's i i don't know where i'm going with that well you know but all, all i'm saying is that you know having having more options and more of these and we've talked about this here right having more services that just need to fill as much content as possible makes movies like this more feasible yes yeah. you know? yep. and now, now james wants a mega superstar so he can get his film made but i recently <laughs> watched a a polish film mm-hmm. from 2020 okay. called mm-hmm. nobody sleeps in the woods tonight Mm-hmm. Which was a very, very good, very interesting little, um, you know, like woods slasher movie. Mm-hmm. And there's no way I would have been exposed to this if it wasn't for the fact that it was picked up by Netflix. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I'm I've constantly never seen a horror movie before. I, I am constantly on on Dread Media when when I'm guest hosting, uh, bringing guests foreign films. Um, we're going to be covering in an upcoming episode a, a ghost, a, an Iranian ghost story called Under the Shadow that is just so fucking good. And yeah, it's like there, there's stuff out there, but they don't want you to see that stuff. They want you to see their stuff. Of course. And um, the thing is, they talk about how what everybody's looking for their expanded universe. The problem is the more the the universe expands the more it seems to be fine it seems to be smaller than it should be i'd rather have a million pieces of fan fiction than a million pieces of canon with anything i just want enough canon to keep whatever you're watching going but i well, mean well chris you've heard my uh my plan for quote unquote saving star wars you and I have talked about this. Oh, not years. the one that involves dynamite, though. No, not the one that involves okay. dynamite. Yeah, that one's off, that's off air. 
Okay. No, no, I, I'm saying here's what I, if for some reason I woke up and I found I was in charge of Star Wars, which would be totally bit by the link considering how much I don't like Star Wars. Here's what I would do. I would just go, make a make a blanket statement to Hollywood, to directors saying, OK, I want to make some Star Wars movies. I am not going to dictate to you. You're going to have you're, you're going to be hands off. But you have to make them for ten million dollars or less. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Here's you, know, I, you know who I think my first call would be to? Guillermo del Toro? Guillermo del Toro, because okay. he pitched the greatest Star Wars movie ever. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear God, I never heard this story. Oh, wow. yeah, he, he was asked when, when they started. It was right around the time of, like, Rogue One and Solo mm-hmm. when they started making these smaller films. And he got asked. It was like for a, some. It was something else. He was asked. It's like, it's like, hey, would would you make a Star Wars movie? And his answer was like, look, they haven't asked me. This is not official. He says, mm-hmm. but yes, I would make the Godfather Part Two with Jabba the Hutt. Ooh. See, oh. see, and and I would rather see that than the same iteration of the Skywalker yeah. plan. Yeah, you know what though? Course. You know what we are though? We're a bunch of old pervert Palpatines. Who've seen every kind of? Yeah. We're just like I've seen yeah. every kind of movie. Bring me something unusual of Star Wars. Bring me a Job of the Hut gangster movie with dialogue. Ah, no. <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like when you go to the when you go to the seafood restaurant, mm-hmm. and you get to be like the Emperor of Rome, picking out who's gonna die when you go to the lobster mm-hmm. tank. That one there in the corner, bring yes. him forward. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, we But I mean, could you imagine a Star Wars movie done by Tarsim under those? Dude, that uh, George Ellen. Lucas was offering start was offering Return of the Jedi to David Lynch, so you know. I, I, what the hell is a Wookiee, George? There was a there was <laughs> yeah there was a lunch of where and and where and, and David Lynch like was it a actually lunch? God bless him like people. actually told George Lucas like I I don't think I'm the guy you're looking for, <laughs> unfortunately because oh my God. That would have maybe it would have been better to to have started the fan controversy back in the eighties, so that by the time the Phantom Menace and anything else came back there, it was already established and like trite, and people would just sound yeah. stupid by getting outraged. You know, everybody would just go, "Shut up, man!" David Lynch isn't directing this one, right? Yeah. So shut right. up. But but he, this bringing this back to the film Malignant. This is a film that's just stand on its own. Yeah. And um, I think that James Wan would be disappointed if there was a if there was a Malignant 2 or a Malignant 3 or you know Gabriel versus Bull. Okay, maybe he'd be Okay, happy okay, okay. What Bull. about this? What about this? A prequel that takes place like three or four hundred years ago it involves. No, I got it. I got the pitch. I got the pitch. I got the pitch for, for Gabriel versus Belial. <laughs> I got the pitch. Okay, <laughs> I, it just came to me in a bolt of thunder. So, so um, the girl who's going to be Madison is released from the hospital after getting Belial shoved in her head. I mean, sorry, Gabriel shoved in her head. Um, and they approach Grant. 
they approached the Annie Ross character from Glass Case 2 and 3 to help her out because she specializes in unusual cases. So Mad little Madison goes goes to stay in in Granny Ruth's um uh home for the bazaar. And it's it's just it's just her and toothpaste and toothpaste and and cropped all the all the weirdos from those two films just hanging out. Yeah. I, I would that. I would watch the hell out of that movie. Now I I will say I will say this if if there I, I agree I think movies should be a, tell a good story and if if there's some way you can do it eventually they're going to do it anyway but you know the the way that I think you can expand this mm. is is it's right there at the beginning it's right there in that prologue okay mm. the Simeon uh, facility mm -hmm. that to me is a setting that you can revisit. Because they've right. got everything on tape. You know, I love VHS tape. Yep. Okay, they got everything on tape. It doesn't have to be, oh, it's, it's you know, it's, it's the it, same thing. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be that same things again. Yeah. yeah. It can be other shit that's going down in that facility. Oh, so so it sort of just becomes, uh, that becomes the common element uh, yes, of Yes, it becomes of not unlike. Yes. Not unlike Monarch be, was in the, in, in, yes. in the Monsterverse, yes. In the Monsterverse, Monarch became the the connective tissue between dissimilar stories, and yeah. eventually they put the stories together. And you can and you could still do more stories with Monarch. That's mm. still out there. That's what I would do if you really want to make yeah, a movie too. I'd be like down the hall from from Gabriel going nuts and taking over the speaker and all that in the opening. Here's some other crazy shit going down. Right. There's like there's like a Spider Girl. Yeah. I, you know, I was thinking girl I was with thinking the like bottom half of a spider. lobster boy, but yes, okay, same idea. Lobster boy and spider girl. I, I, I'm lobster down for that. Boy and spider girl. <laughs> all, of uh, our, all of our listeners in Maryland's like, why has it got to be lobsters? Why can't it be crabs, huh? What you got against crabs? Because nobody wants to get crabs. Everybody's no, got except people from crabs. Maryland. So, people so, from so, Maryland so, love crabs. Here, here's my advice to all filmmakers, and I think this is the biggest in most of the films that I don't like commit which is that they they tell a story which is setting up for future stories right tell a good story first if yeah. we like it we'll let you know and then you can think about expanding the universe don't yeah, sp spend your time thinking about the story you're, you're telling right always looking to the future never which looking is exactly to where you are what james what Vaughan and his wife did I was, I, mean, was I was just, so again, disappointed, was... by the way, that James Wan's wife did not die horribly. Well, the, the because the I most... thought this was going to be a Glenn Morgan, Kirsten Cloak thing. You <laughs> see, they were making fun of her in Red Letter Media too, and she was one of my favorite things about that because I, it almost reminded me of a like a super low budget film or yeah. a student film where you got to get your wife, your girlfriend, or yeah. whatever yeah. to get star in, in there. And her role, she's not the greatest actress, but she's not a bad actress. And no, no, and she's it made her part she, she, fun. It made her part fun. I like. She has a, she a certain charisma to her. Something, yeah, something was going on there, but it was just not like it was. It was unusual, and it was it was very pleasant. Every time I saw her character, I was she was a goofy character. But the, I, the great thing I, about I, her is that she's ex, she's exposition boy in this film. Yes. Yes. She is exposition boy, but because we have this little unrequited love affair for, why did that guy 
say, say his entire name every time he introduced himself. Because it's um, cooler. Because yeah. it's like it's like this is I'm Larry and this is my brother Daryl and this is my other brother Daryl. Or it's fun. James Bond. Yeah. Yes, it's fun. And but but yeah, the and the she's sort that of she... that quirk. She's like that quirky. She's a character in all the CSI shows. that's sort of like the she's quirky Money Penny assistant. Yeah. But but yes, I I think I think it's safe to say we all love this film and we all encourage people to yes watch it. This is a, this it. is one of those ones for the ages. It's going to bear up to, just like we said about uh, color, color out of space. It's going to bear up to repeated viewings and and thir- thirty years from now, it's going to be that it'll be probably similarly reformed as like John Carpenter's The Thing, you know? Let's face it, if this was made in the 80s, it would all on a nothing budget, it would have been, already been uh, held as a classic by Yeah, it would would be up there with reanimators type stuff. It would have actually been on a higher tier because it would have been like, even it would have been a, a greater level of gore. But if if they made it under those conditions and stuff, if they made yeah. it under those conditions, though, they can, that, that's the thing is, like, nowadays you can really mess it up, but this doesn't mess it up. This has no, damn no. good fight sequences. Just yeah. Like, oh, yeah, whoever sort of, choreographed so, the no, I, You don't want to say martial arts fights, but they're, yeah. they're sort of choreographed they're like a martial arts. It's a martial yeah. arts slaughter type of sort whoever of choreographed slaughter. And fight. And you know where what is happening and everything is you know action reaction it's not it's not just a rush of of action or and shaky camera it's methodical bone crushing skull splurtering because that's uh, the reveal that is that is the payoff to everything that we've had and whoever choreographed that scene in the in the police station Deserved a cigar, if not a race. Yeah. Well, people are starting to finally real. You know, they're fi- finally starting. Like, I think the viewers have have watched enough YouTube videos to realize that shaky cam and quick edits just means the filmmakers being lazy, mm-hmm. and the and the filmmakers like James Wan and you know like George Miller and stuff are have done some action stuff in the last there's been a lot of action movies even by some new filmmakers where you know what's happening and the the thing about action filmmaking is that you have to have a sense of geography yeah for and or you don't feel it exactly you 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 it's you know when jackie chan did everything straight up without you know without the cgi and stuff and not when so then when you get cgi you all of a sudden think we can go all over the place in the camera right and stuff and now everybody's starting to realize that no it's better to have the camera in one place have it planned out and have people see it and they start feeling even the the nicholas cage prisoners of ghostland movie i saw Mm -hmm. which is a weirdo post-apocalyptic stuff but it has like kung fu fights in them and they're they're fantastic they're reminiscent of of jackie chan because you know everybody uses all their things at hand in the the geography of wherever they are to fight and and it's unrealistic but it doesn't feel unrealistic because you are hanging on every move because when you see a 
a, a fister and you see where it connects and you see who's winning and who's losing and who's getting beat up more and it's just so much more effective in this one it's like not really as much of a case of who's winning or losing it's just a celebration My God, they <laughs> yeah uh, i, I want to thank everybody here at the vault for allowing me to come on and join the celebration of a film that deserves I was afraid you were going to explode if we didn't bring it bring you up <laughs> you were so enthusiastic well, about this movie because you told me after the fact that you did Mary Lou I love that movie but anyway thank you guys for allowing me this platform yeah happy to have you is a, is, a, is a fun one to talk about. As shaky a platform as it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Wacky Shack! I mean, uh, and I, I did want to say, you know, Thomas, if it's any consolation, we all liked Hello, Mary Lou also. So oh, good, you, good. Uh, all good people like Hello, Mary Lou from me, too. That, that was a, that's an exercise that they teach you in typing class. Yes. All good people like Hello, Mary Lou. Ah, <laughs> oh, gosh. So, um... So, um, what's, what's now is the time for all good men to watch Hello, Mary Lou. Hello, Mary Lou. But, yeah. but what do you guys got in store next after, after this, uh, cavalcade of, I believe artists? it's gifts. Is that the name of it? Yeah. Um, is that the one we're doing, Jay? No, 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 no. Malignant is this. And, and Hello, Mary Lou is going to be next month because okay. we're putting out Malignant. So this one's coming out around Halloween time, and then next month uh, will be Hello, Mary Lou. Spoilers for the future. Ooh. Spoilers for the future. <laughs> In the year 2021. <laughs> Sorry. Everybody went and got a gun. <laughs> I was singing the Homecoming Queen's Got a Gun when I was washing the dishes today. Oh, my God. Knock it off, Debbie. You're embarrassing me. <laughs> That was Tracy Ullman, wasn't it? No, it was um, Julie, Julie Brown. Brown. Julie Brown, the non-downtown yeah. version. The uptown. That's right. <laughs> right. Not up. No. Yeah. 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 The, not downtown Julie Brown. Yeah, I partied with downtown Julie Brown's brother. He's in a reggae band here. <laughs> Could you town. imagine being regular Julie Brown and you're working with MTV and you've got a show on MTV and then this little snot comes up? Like wait, you already have somebody by that name on the shot this this network. I I was equally in love with both Julie Browns and Tracy Ellman at that time. I remember Tracy Ellman came out with her album at the same time. Actually, oh, that's you know right, what's really you funny don't if you look up about us. Yes, if, that if, was the yeah. song. That if was... you look up Julie Brown on Wikipedia, the non-downtown Julie Brown comes up, but the first line is not to be confused with downtown Julie Brown. Uh, oh yes. my god, I just remembered my band did a Julie Brown song in our diva show where we would have women come and we did because I'm a blonde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm a blonde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, I think we're done now. Are we done now? <laughs> uh, are we ever really done? That That's the question. Because Is I, there I anything can tell we you guys. Been, well, I, I was trying. Has they you, they I, can't I, I, buy it on DVD right now, so we can't yeah. tell them about their DVD, their options. Yeah. It's 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 officially about 10 or by the time they hear this, about 10 or 15 days off of HBO off of Max, streaming. But, but yeah. it'll be back. It'll, it'll be, be back, back on streaming. Be, the, only, the, 
Yeah, the only thing I will say is, you know, keep, you know, obviously, if, if it sounds sounds good, check it out when it comes back on HBO, as it eventually will. And I'm sure if you're listening to this show and you check this out, you'll probably want to pick it up. Yeah, if you're uh, listening then the to only... this show, you probably want to watch this movie. If you exactly. like fun. Yeah. Uh, I, you know. Well, <laughs> the only thing I, I will say is, you know, guys, I think we do need to, to kind of cap this off. I got this really weird itching on the back of my head. I, I just, I need Ooh. to go check out what this I is. Got I got a tumor. Yeah, yeah, At least it's on your head. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Wait well, for the porn I, parody. I, I have one on my head, but it's. Oh, oh my God. Head. The porn version of Malignant is going to yes. be off the fucking hook. <laughs> It'll be the beast with three backs then, right? No! <laughs> All right, I'm out. All yeah, right. That's it. Good night, everyone. better than one that's a saying that is oh so true two heads are better than one me that's two and between the two of you you can solve any problem that comes up no 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 it's much better to be cause what you don't know or can't figure out you can try to better than one the more the merrier you bet you bet two heads are better than one you could use all the help you can get and when all said and done this is where it's at what i'm simply saying is that two heads are better than one so just put your heads together yes put your heads together Quick, put your heads together and have fun. Have fun. Fun! Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Freaks. And this is your Uncle Don saying good night. Good night, little kids. Good night.
We're off. Good. Well, that ought to hold the little bastards. <laughs>